As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, there's Chuck, and Dave's here in spirit, of course, and this is Short Stuff on Dingoes. And I can bet you a trillion dollars the next thing that Chuck is going to say. Hmm, could be one of two things. Nope, it's just the one. <laughs> I met dingoes in Australia at no, a, that's at a game not ranch. It. I just lost a trillion dollars <laughs> because of you. Were you going to say a dingo ate my baby? I was going to say that you were going to say that. <laughs> no, I really was going to save that uh, and and talk br- very briefly about when we went on our tour of Australia okay. and my buddy Scotty met me over there and we were able to take a couple of days and go to this, uh, and we did a lot of stuff, but one day we went to this, I guess a game ranch, I don't know what they call them over there, but you know where you hold koala bears and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got to have a dingo experience where we got into a dingo pen. <laughs> yeah, and fought them. Yeah, fought him to the death. <laughs> it was cool, and it was it was like, did you see dingoes when you were over there? Did you meet any? No, I, I no, and it's weird, like because I because you did something I, like that too, right? Yeah, we saw. I, I don't think I saw dingoes. We went to one of those things. We hung out with kangaroos and hung out with koala and all that stuff. But I don't remember seeing a dingo. And I looked up dingoes, and I was like, that is not what I had in my head. And I realized I've been thinking hyenas this whole time. Mm. Yeah, it's they were. Uh, you know, because you want to, as a dog owner for my whole mm-hmm. life, you wanted to be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just a dog. Yeah. But it's not just a dog. It was different. It had a different disposition. They walked a little different. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it, it, it's sort of like when you see a coyote and you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not a dog. Yeah, it's a wild dog. <laughs> yeah. And a dingo actually in 2014 got its own designation as uh, Canis familiaris. Okay. And this was all in my research to find out, like, is a dingo a dog really? And I I think that they are descended from the same line. Yeah. But they have their own distinction now. Well, Canis familiaris is the dog. That's the domestic dog. Like, Momo's a Canis familiaris, Lucy's a Canis familiaris. Oh, no, no, no. There was another one then. They they came up with a new name altogether. Okay, so it is its own species then. Because I saw somewhere um, that that a host on a... um, I think it was called Animal Logic. Uh, did a, a YouTube video I watched on them, and, and she said that uh, that they may be their own species. So that's a new thing. Then I think. Twenty fourteen. I'm double checking now because I feel like a dope. It says dingo declared a separate species. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just got the name wrong. God, look at those cute little guys. I know they are cute. They look. You know what they look a lot like are Shiba Inus. Yep, they totally do. My friend Meredith has those, and they look a lot like those. Yeah, and which would make sense because they have definitely connected, I don't think definitively, but let's say that they definitely and that somebody carried out a study, so they definitely carried out a study, but that they connected dingoes to Southeast Asian dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shiba Inu are definitely Asian, East Asian. Um, So it's entirely possible that they are highly related. At the very least, they look a lot like Shiba Inus, and we can at at least leave it at that. 
Right. And of course, they are still in Asia today as far as their distribution, but they really, you think of Australia when you think of a dingo. Yes. Uh, they've been around for thousands of years there. They are, um, I think, the largest mammal carnivore in Australia. And depending on where you find these guys in Australia, they might be different colored. Uh, if you, the, what you usually think of is that sort of like the the Shebas, those sort of ginger coats with the little white feet, little mm -hmm. white feet socks. Mm -hmm. But apparently they can be a little more golden yellow um, in the desert, I think. Yeah, and they can also be the ones that live along the edges of a forest are usually a darker brown or even almost black too. So, and they can they can live wherever. Apparently it's a source of water is the thing that really limits them because they'll eat just about anything and they're opportunistic feeders, but depending on where they live their their coats will have developed a different color. That's right. Uh they breed once a year. And they have five or six little pups, and they'll raise them. They're cute. And uh, they raise them in, like, protected areas, like a sheltered rock area. Uh, it says here that they can they can be raised in wombat burrows or rabbit warrens mm -hmm. or hollow logs. And I believe they wean at about two months, and they could either be left behind there. The, the mom and the dad both help raise, which is kind of cool. Uh, but at that two-month period when they're weaned, they can either be abandoned or they might hang around for about a year and freeload on the couch. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're cute too, man. Have you seen like little dingo pups no, playing? Oh, boy. They're the best. They're really something. But yeah, I, I saw that between six and seven months, they're basically totally equipped to be on their own if they need to be. That's right. They can wreak havoc. They're kind of known as a pest in Australia. Yes, especially if you're in the livestock industry. Yeah, they can wreak havoc on the livestock. And I don't know if it's still the biggest fence in the world, but at least at the time, the largest fence on planet Earth was erected to protect grazing lands, from, uh, protect those sheep from these dingoes. 5,000 kilometers long. I bet it's still the biggest one. It's got to be. It's still up for sure, but it was it raised in the 19th century by the livestock industry saying, like, uh, dingoes, you stay over here. And it worked so much so that they're finding that, um, you know, dingoes are an apex predator. Like you said, they're the largest carnivore on the continent in um, Australia. Um, and as an apex predator, they kind of keep populations in check, and there's all sorts of knock-on effects. Like, they hunt kangaroos, and apparently they found that— uh, Kangaroos that aren't predated by dingoes um, tend to overeat and the population can actually starve because they eat too much vegetation and strip the land of its vegetation. And dingoes actually help keep that in check. So there's supposedly, according to Animal Logic at least, a debate over whether to let dingoes back over the fence, but the livestock industry is like, nay. Not like <laughs> a horse. <laughs> Uh, yes, and if you're wondering if those dogs, those dingoes you're seeing are part dog in Australia, um, there's about a 30% chance that it has been doing the, the deed with a dog. Yeah. I think a third of southeastern Australia's dingoes are hybrids. Right. Okay, so Chuck, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and spit some more dingo facts after this. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling 
is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're back. I have one. Um, Dingoes supposedly don't bark. They can howl. They communicate by howling. It's not like they just sit there quietly and just shrug like... They bark. They don't bark is the thing, which is kind of interesting because, well, I don't know why it's interesting now that I think about it, but it seemed interesting at the time when I first heard it. Yeah, I think they can bark, but they tend not to, uh, they tend to communicate with those little howly sounds. Right. So um, that was really, I think, the last great dingo fact leading up to the big finish, don't you think? Yeah, the big question, did a dingo eat that baby? Well, tell everybody what you're talking about, especially the ones who haven't seen Seinfeld right. or aren't fans of Meryl, Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah, there was a movie called, uh, what was it, A Cry in the Dark mm-hmm. in 19, or just Cry in the Dark in 1988, where Meryl Streep played uh, Lindy Chamberlain uh, with the, the very famous salacious murder trial that happened in the 1980s when uh, very, very tragically... Her, her young daughter, Azaria Chamberlain, was nine weeks old and disappeared when they were camping in Australia. And she was uh, – she went to, to prison for murder. Uh, they said – they concluded, and this is without any kind of evidence whatsoever, they concluded that uh, – it was actually sort of a lack of evidence that helped convict her mm-hmm. – um, that she, like, slit her baby's throat in the car and then went back and was with the, her camping, you know, with her family camping, and then went back into the tent and started screeching out the famous lines, a dingo either took my baby or a dingo ate my baby. Yes. And, like, so Australia didn't show its best face on this initially. There was, like, uh, basically, a, like, Australians just didn't believe at the time that dingoes would, would unprompted or unprovoked attack a human, 
and carry off even a nine-week-old baby. It just didn't make sense. There was no record of them ever doing that. So it seemed unlikely to begin with. But I read also that they that there was apparently a bit of um, xenophobia against the Chamberlain family because they were Seventh-day Adventists, I think. So, like, there were rumors that the daughter's name meant um, sacrifice in the wilderness um, and just weird stuff like that, like like nothing pretty. Um, and and the idea that Lindy Chamberlain was actually put in prison on just total circumstantial evidence uh, is pretty significant. She was finally released, and I think the family was paid by the, the state um, because she got railroaded and everyone knew she didn't actually do it. But there was just never any conclusive evidence that a dingo did eat her baby until another kid got attacked, right? Well, I didn't hear about that. Um, one of the big pieces of uh, a lack of evidence was the fact that she said that her baby had on a, what's called a matinee jacket. It's like a little, sort of like a little cape cardigan thing that you put okay. on a baby. All right. And they didn't find that thing anywhere. So they were like, she's lying because a mother knows how they dress their babies. And they recovered the the baby clothes but um, which had some blood on them around the neck, which is why they mm-hmm. thought she slit her throat. Mm-hmm. But they didn't recover this matinee jacket, and so that helped convict her. And then uh, in 1986, a guy was climbing uh, in that camping area, fell to his death, and when they discovered the remains a few weeks later, they found that little matinee jacket. No way. And that helped uh, that helped spring her from prison. Okay. Well, then maybe it was the popular public opinion changed when it emerged that, like, other kids had been attacked by dingoes or were later on. Um, And then finally, I think in 2012, you dug up a New York Times article that uh, the fourth coroner's inquest into the death of Azaria Chamberlain uh, finally uh, vindicated Lindy Chamberlain, said that, no, a Dingo did kill this little girl. It's yeah. definitely not her mom. And they amended her death certificate finally. Yeah. Final, like, true vindication. Yeah. And, but apparently Lindy Chamberlain was like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep agitating for these coroner inquests until I'm finally exonerated. And they, she finally was. So that's dingoes. Uh, you can try and snug on them like dogs, but the ones at this game ranch weren't weren't dogs. They didn't want to snug as much. Okay. Good advice. I pulled out all the stops. I know all the tricks. You tried to give him pepperoni? Yeah, I gave him all the scritches in all the right places. And they were just like, okay, I'll be over here. Yeah. Thanks, human. Let's stop doing this immediately. (laughs) And speaking of let's stop doing this immediately, short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.